Bridge Bank helps breakthrough ideas actually break through and remains dedicated to providing financial solutions to the risk takers, the game changers, and the disruptors. Bridge Bank, a division of Western Alliance Bank. Bridge Bank, be bold, venture wisely. Hey, it's Glenn Washington from Snap Judgment. And if you love what you're hearing, and I know you love what you're hearing, please consider becoming a KQED member. Get special access to cool events, behind-the-scenes footage, and so much more. Plus, you'll sleep better at night knowing you did your part for the community you depend upon. It's in you. Please be in it. Visit donate.kqed.org slash podcasts to sign up now. That's podcast with an S. Thanks. From KQED. Good morning. This is the California Report. I'm April Dimbosky in San Francisco. The powerful storm that drenched Northern California over the weekend made its way to the central coast and southern part of the state yesterday. And although the atmospheric river weakened as it moved south, it still brought impressive rain totals. Parts of San Luis Obispo County got more than five inches of rain, and some high elevation areas of Los Angeles County saw more than two inches enough for roads in the San Bernardino Mountains to close because of mudslides. While experts say the storm won't end the state's drought, it gave reservoirs in the north a much-needed boost. Water levels at Lake Oroville rose 20 feet in the last week, and at Lake Tahoe, the water is back above the natural rim. The storm has effectively put an end to California's wildfire season. Valley Public Radio's Sarith Hawk tells us about another historic sign that the fires are over. Nestled in the northeast of Sequoia National Forest, 8,500 feet up, the Buck Rock Fire Tower sits atop a 250-foot rock face, jutting over an expansive view of the forest and Sierra Nevada mountains. The tower is situated between Sequoia and Kings Canyon National Parks, giving it a prime view of smoke columns, an important tool during fire season. We are first line early fire detection resource. It's staffed full-time in season by a woman named Michigan. I can see it. I can tell if it's really a smoke. I can tell if it's a legitimate smoke. From the tower, Michigan watched the KNP complex grow, even as the fire got closer. I can see flames on that ridge. She says, pointing to a ridge at eye level to the tower. I had embers falling on the roof and on the stairs um, from a fire that was still four and a half miles away. Michigan had to flee the tower on October 4th. Since then, the building had been wrapped with the same foil used to protect giant sequoias from the heat of the fire. Although forest officials took off the foil last week for the first time since the fire started, the tower is now closed for the winter. It reopens again in June. And if you're not afraid of heights, a steep staircase leads up to the historic tower built almost 100 years ago. Officials say they can get as many as 7,000 visitors each season. For the California Report, I'm Sarith Hawk in Fresno. Wildfire prevention is one of the key goals of President Biden's trillion-dollar infrastructure bill. Democrats are pushing for a vote on it in Congress this week. One of them is Josh Harder, who represents California's Central Valley. He's been especially focused on measures that would address the health impacts from wildfire smoke. KCRW's Kaylee Wells talked with Harder about the bill and about the California newsroom's smoke investigation. 
Harder and his brother grew up with asthma living in the Central Valley. He represents part of the northern San Joaquin Valley, where one in six kids have asthma and residents breathe about 60 days of smoke every year. So he's excited about the fire mitigation efforts presented in this infrastructure bill. That would do a whole lot of good for California. I mean, a thousand new federal firefighters year round would be hired uh, in this bill. Ten million acres treated. Uh, Technology like, you know, satellite technology for NOAA to identify any fire wherever they are. That would help fight not just fire, but wildfire smoke. Harder cited our investigation, which found that we're breathing in three times as much smoke as we were a decade ago. In Southern California, that's about 30 days of smoke every year. And so I think the reporting that you guys have done has underscored the importance of getting that done yesterday. Harder says hiring more firefighters is especially important in the Southern California landscape, where other mitigation techniques like prescribed burning aren't as effective. For the California Report, I'm Kaylee Wells in Los Angeles. Hi, it's Terry Gross, the host of Fresh Air. We bring you in-depth, long-form interviews with actors, directors, musicians, authors, journalists, and more. Listen to our Peabody Award-winning Fresh Air podcast from WHYY and NPR. Hey, it's Avery Truffleman, host of Articles of Interest. And I've got to say, I've been a fan of KQED ever since I was a little kid, and I would come out to San Francisco to visit my grandma. It was just what we'd always turn on every time we got in the car, every time we were making dinner and turning on the radio. It was always KQED. And then over the years, I've become a massive fan of KQED podcasts because this is local reporting at its best. These are answers to questions you've always wanted to know, interviews with exciting, unusual voices, necessary journalism, all told with love and care and artistry. And did you know that a majority of KQED's funding actually comes from members? It's just people like you and me supporting the programs they love while also getting access to cool events, behind-the-scenes footage, and so much more. If you want to sign up and be a part of this amazing community, visit donate.kqed.org slash podcasts to become a member today. That's podcasts with an S. Thank you for listening, and thank you for your support. California's embattled unemployment agency is taking steps to fix some of what's broken there from clogged phone lines to fraud. State lawmakers grilled agency officials at an oversight hearing in Sacramento on Monday. They said there's still a lot to do to make sure benefits are going to the right people. The California Report's Mary Franklin Harvin explains. At the hearing, officials shared updates on EDD's actions in response to two January reports from the state auditor's office that sought to root out dysfunction at the agency. Two overarching issues drove the audits. The fact that EDD has paid out billions in fraudulent claims, but at the same time, struggled to get deserving Californians their benefits. Early in the hearing, Assemblymember Tom Lackey of Palmdale introduced a snarky chart to illustrate the more than $11 billion in fraudulent claims that EDD confirmed paying at the beginning of the year. What I have displayed here are 29 industrial dump trucks that, if they were filled with $100 bills, would represent the amount of money that has been uh, paid out in fraudulent claims. That was before EDD Director Rita Sines confirmed an updated fraud tabulation. Of the $177 billion that was paid out, $20 billion is estimated to be fraudulent. 
Fraud aside, by both EDD's and the auditor's accounts, EDD has already met deadlines for more than half of the recommendations that came out of those January audits. Here's Bob Harris with the auditor's office. EDD has made notable progress in addressing the areas of concern that we found during our audits, but significant steps still need to be taken to address areas of risk where if EDD doesn't continue to follow through on some of the initial positive first steps is taken, then it won't fully realize the benefits for Californians that need its assistance. Those significant steps still on EDD's to-do list? Staffing up a central fraud unit, which officials say should be functional by the end of this November. And getting a handle on staffing and call center congestion issues that Los Angeles Assemblymember Wendy Carrillo pointed out continue to plague out-of-work Californians. New reporting last week showed that some claimants have been waiting for up to 26 weeks for an initial eligibility interview. This is simply unacceptable. EDD Signs says she's optimistic that the agency will continue to meet deadlines set by the auditor, but also admits that some projects may take years to fully complete. For the California Report, I'm Mary Franklin Harvin. Rising rents and limited affordable housing continue to put pressure on many Californians. But as we hear from KPBS race and equity reporter Christina Kim, the housing market is particularly challenging for Black renters in San Diego. San Diego is the worst place to be a Black renter in the whole country, according to a new study by Zillow, an online real estate company. We found that rent burners are the highest for Black households in San Diego, and Black renters in San Diego spend more than half of their income or 53% of their income on rents. That's Nancy Wu. She's the economist at Zillow who led the study. So what exactly does it mean to be rent burdened? It means a person pays 30% or more of their income on rent. So Black people here in San Diego are on average very rent burdened. That means they have a lot less money left for anything else, like saving to buy a home or a medical emergency. Honestly, uh, it's not surprising. Um, I grew up in Southeast Gabrielle Hines is a school counselor in San Diego who grew up in the Skyline neighborhood, but she's been priced out. She and her family recently moved to La Mesa, where they found a less expensive apartment, but the rent is still high. I was making uh, 18 an hour, but I recently got my master's and I'm a school counselor now. And I'm making 28 an hour, and it's crazy because it doesn't feel like it. Um, just because rent is so high. Staying in the Skyline neighborhood would have meant spending more than 30% of their income on rent. With the cost of daycare and other bills adding up, it just wasn't an option for them. And she says she's not alone. A lot of other people in her once predominantly Black neighborhood of San Diego are also being pushed out. It almost makes people feel like, you know, they're not good enough to live in in the neighborhoods that they, they came from. San Diego rents are increasingly more expensive for renters across all demographics. We've seen that in San Diego, for example, the pandemic has has increased the rent burden across households. Latino renters in San Diego pay nearly 40 percent of their income on rent, and Asian and white renters both pay more than 30 percent on average. But black renters in San Diego pay over 50 percent of their income, which is about 18 percent more than the national average. Affordability is the reason why we're seeing the biggest discrepancy and the biggest rent burden for Black renters in San Diego. Wu says these inequities are a reflection of historic racial discrimination combined with low household incomes and rising rents. 
In a statement, Mayor Todd Gloria called the study results infuriating but not surprising. A mayoral spokesperson says the city has already invested in rental assistance programs and launched several business and youth development programs aimed at San Diego's communities of color. But these solutions take time. And for now, renters like Gabrielle Hines are still paying a lot of their income on rent. We're, we're pretty stressed. You know, it feels like, uh, you know, we're barely making it. For the California Report, I'm Christina Kim in San Diego. Immigration advocates are calling on Governor Gavin Newsom to cancel a no-bid $350 million contract. It was awarded to a border wall company to help with the state's COVID-19 response. Cap Radio's Scott Rod reports. A Cap Radio investigation found the Newsom administration hired the firm SLSCO to provide medical staffing around the state. It's the same company that built former President Donald Trump's border wall. That frustrated Hamid Yazdanpana with immigrant defense advocates. Given this company's track record, I would say that, yes, they should cancel the contract. SLSCO provided thousands of medical staff to administer vaccines. Some helped screen and immunize nearly 60,000 migrants, not far from the border wall SLSCO built. Edwin Carmona Cruz is with the California Collaborative for Immigrant Justice. Governor Newsom relied on community-based organizations, immigrants, families that are mixed-status families that have loved ones in detention to save him from the recall. And now he has turned his back on the community. The California Department of Public Health would not definitively say if it will keep the contract, but said stopping its work at the border would, quote, have devastating impacts. SLSCO declined an interview request. The company said it was honored to work with California. State lawmakers did not respond to Cap Radio or declined to comment. For the California Report, I'm Scott Rod in Sacramento. Fresno County's child welfare system is now under review, following reports that foster children have been living in squalid conditions, often sleeping on floors and tables at county offices. At a recent meeting of the Fresno County Board of Supervisors, Chairman Steve Brandau vowed to make the situation right. It is very bothersome to me uh, to find out that uh, this was happening uh, right under the noses of the Board of Supervisors. And I'm going to continue to work on this item. And I don't know that I, that I will, uh, for sure, I alone won't be able to do everything, but I'm going to put my best energy into that. The Department of Child Protective Services dealt with a similar scandal back in 2002 when children were placed in motels because the county couldn't find enough foster homes. Catherine Huerta was assistant director at that time, and she says the agency was able to make the changes needed to fix the problem. She will lead the investigation into the agency's current shortage of homes. And that's the California Report for Tuesday, October 26th. We're a production of KQED Public Radio. I'm April Dimbosky. Thanks for listening. Support for the California Report comes from Stanford Medicine, protecting your health and providing dependable care with safe in-person appointments and video visits. StanfordHealthCare.org slash adapting care. Water heaters only, specializing in the repair and replacement of water heaters since 1968. Licensed and insured, open 24 hours a day, every day. Learn more at waterheatersonly.com. 
and Eric and Wendy Schmidt, whose philanthropy harnesses the power of people and science to create innovative solutions for a healthy environment, just societies, and opportunities for human achievement. Do you love learning about the San Francisco Bay Area? Its history, its people, its unique blend of cultures? Then you should check out The Bay Curious Book. I'm Katrina Schwartz, editor and producer on the Bay Curious podcast, and I'm here to let you know that for the month of May, we've worked out a sweet deal for KQED podcast listeners. Right now, you can get the Bay Curious ebook for $1.99. That's right, $1.99. Just search for Bay Curious wherever you get your ebooks or find a link in our show notes. This offer does expire at the end of the month, though, so you'll want to act on it fast. Happy reading! Hi there, I'm Randa Abdel-Fattah from ThruLine. If you're listening to this podcast, you know that KQED produces exceptional storytelling that keeps you informed, inspired, and entertained. Their podcasts cover issues from your neighborhood to the entire country and everything in between. Support this work today. You can help us continue to bring quality podcasts to your ears. Just head to donate.kqed.org slash podcast. That's donate.kqed.org slash podcast. Hi, I'm Sasha Koka, host of the California Report magazine. Every week, we bring you stories about what connects us in the giant, diverse Golden State. Because what happens in California changes the world. I love this place. We were once seen as like the place to be California. The land of milk and honey, that's where you go to Sunshine State, but we just have challenges right now. KQED's California Report magazine. New episodes drop every Friday, wherever you get your podcasts.